Thanks for listening to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. We upload new episodes every Monday and Friday. Be sure to listen to Uncaged Voice on Twitch or YouTube and listen to the Red Pill Current News Podcast on all major audio platforms every Wednesday and Saturday for current news and special interviews. Here are your hosts, Donny Cage and the Kentucky Guy. Aha, and welcome to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, the Kentucky Guy. And I am Donnie Cage. Mr. Cage in the house, in the house. How's it going, brother? It's it's going well, Kentucky Guy. Um, Philadelphia has been hit with some very uh, strange weather. We've got a couple... Wild wildfires burning right now. There, there, there's one coming down from Canada, and it's affecting a lot of the cities in the Northeast. And there's apparently another wildfire in neighboring New Jersey. It's kind of crazy right now. I've seen some of that on the news. Yeah, uh, breaking out everywhere. It seems, and uh, here in the beautiful state of Kentucky, it has been hot, 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 crazy hot for just being in June. So uh, yeah, if this is anything. Like this summer is going to be, August is going to be rough. <laughs> but uh, anyways, folks, if this is your first time listening to the show, be sure to hit that follow or subscribe button. Also hit that notification button so, so you are informed every time we upload a new episode. We upload new episodes on Tuesdays and Saturdays. We are on all major platforms, including iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple iTunes, and the list goes on. Also, Mr. Cage co-hosts another podcast called The Uncaged Voice. Go ahead and tell them about that, sir. Thank you. Yes, if you want to check out The Uncaged Voice podcast co-hosted by myself, Jigsaw Jester, and Top Tier Rated, go to our official YouTube channel. That's The Uncaged Voice podcast. And we talk about a variety of topics. Uh, there, will, there will always be something interesting to listen to. Yes, very, very good on the YouTube channel podcast uh very enjoyable also if you like to stay up to date on current events politics and things of that nature or listen to some pretty cool interviews uh you can check out the uh other show that i host is the red pill current news podcast and we drop two episodes there a week normally and uh you know we talk about things that happened in the past as well as the present try to tie everything together on what's going on in this beautiful country of ours now if you'd ever like to have any questions, comments, concerns, or be a guest on this show, you can always e- email Donnie or myself at olkentucky99 at yahoo.com. That's Kentucky, Kentucky spelled out, 99 at yahoo.com. Also in the description is the merch link, uh, the uh, all of our social media, all that good stuff uh, is going to be in our description below, so be sure to check that out. This Saturday, this Saturday, we will have a special guest. His name is uh, Kim, and uh, he was on the show last year, 
Uh, actually, I think he was before, right before Donnie joined the show permanently. And uh, you guys seem to enjoy him. So he will be back with Donnie and myself this Saturday's episode. So be sure to tune in for that. But it's time to get into Raw Results. So let's start off with uh, let's start off with the main event. Uh, World Heavyweight Championship on the line. Seth Rollins versus Damian Priest. Now, there's more to this story than just for the title, is why I want to talk about this first. So Seth Rollins did defeat Damian Priest uh, by pinfall to retain the title. However, Ben Balor did end up running into the ring to attempt to attack Rollins with a distraction nearly allowing Priest to win with the South of Heaven, his move. Priest was frustrated, though, you could tell visually, and asked Baylor why he was there before Rollins made the comeback and hit the stomp to retain his title. After the match, uh, Finn Balor entered the ring and came face-to-face with Rollins as the show, as the show went off the air. It's not so much the match upcoming between Rollins and and Finn Balor. I don't think that's the story. I think the story to this is Priest and Balor and a new power struggle coming for Judgment Day leadership. Just my opinion. Something's up there, though. Your thoughts, sir? Well, first, it was an entertaining match, um, which doesn't surprise me because both of these guys are great competitors. Great to see Seth pick up the big win and retain in his first title defense. Some close calls, though, and Damian Priest certainly made him work for that victory. But um, we've kind of been hinting at this for a while now, Kentucky guy, that there might be some sort of power struggle for leadership of Judgment Day. And the way they're planting the seeds right now, in my opinion, this is going to be one of two things, either... Somehow, Damian Priest is going to be ousted from Judgment Day, or Finn Balor is going to be ousted from Judgment Day. I don't think this is going to be the end of the stable, at least I hope it isn't, because they're just, they're one of the best things in WWE right now. To break up Judgment Day would be a huge mistake, but I definitely could see these two uh, continuing to butt heads in the weeks to come. Yeah, I see, uh, I see Balor gone and Priest stepping up and being the leader, because he pretty much has been the leader in the last six months anyways. If you watch any of the promos or matches, he's been the one stepping up. And you're right, uh, this faction has done way too much for the careers of Damian Priest, Dominic Mysterio, and Ray uh, Rhea to, to put it on the back burner or to end the group. I don't see that happening at all. Uh, then we had a Money in the Bank qualifying match. Becky Lynch uh, versus Sonya Deville. Duh, of course, Becky Lynch is going to win. Don't know why they keep putting Sonya on there to lose week after week. Uh, just just let her go already. Send her on her merry way, I guess. Gunther uh, versus Kevin Owens. Gunther actually beat Kevin Owens with a pinfall, with a schoolboy pin, actually. And... 
here's the thing. That is, that that's your story. That's your story only. It's not Gunther and Kevin Owens. But Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Matt Riddle versus Imperium and Gunther. That's your story coming in the next big pay-per-views. Matt Riddle will be the next contender for the Intercontinental title. And Imperium will continue uh, being the contenders for the tag team titles. I don't see them winning it anytime soon. But I definitely don't see Riddle winning it. But it should be good TV and good matches. Your thoughts on those two? Yeah, I mean, um, Becky Lynch, uh, duh, that was a no-brainer that the man was going to win this matchup, regardless of who she faced, honestly. So, um, glad to see her pick up the victory. Um, you know, Kevin Owens and Gunther, to me, Kentucky guy, this is a this was a pay-per-view worthy match. Um, because if you need somebody to step up and challenge someone like Gunther, um, Kevin Owens is definitely somebody who could do that. But we got it on an episode of Raw, and it was a good match. Not surprised that the ring general won. I think what bothers me is not that Imperium is going to be challenging for the tag team titles, but Matt Riddle challenging Gunther. WWE has not done much at all to build up Matt Riddle since his return as a credible challenger to Gunther. Now, Matt Riddle, two years ago when he was in NXT, I would have said 100% I would have paid to see him take on Gunther. But right now, he's kind of a shell of his former self. So, yes, Gunther needs a challenger for money in the bank for the Intercontinental title. But I do not see Matt Riddle uh, beating him. No, I don't even think he should be in the in the contest with them. Of course, here lately, all of Gunther's opponents, you can pretty much say that. So, uh, then we had the uh, women's tag team champion Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler, and they actually defeated. Uh, and this was a sleeper match, in my opinion. They defeated uh, Katana, Katana, Chance, and Caden Carter. Via submission, no story there. Don't uh, like I said, it was a sleeper match. Ricochet versus Shinsei Nakamura ended up in a no contest after Bronson Reed ran in and not only attacked Ricochet but also attacked Shinsei Nakamura. So I don't know what that's building. I know that Ricochet and Shinsei or Nakamura are both in the Money of the Bank matches. Bronson Reed is not qualified yet, so I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> but yeah, he did that. So, and let's see here. And then we had a uh, Cody Rhodes. He actually appeared on Miz TV. He discussed wrestling Brock Lesnar with one arm. The Miz then called Dominic Mysterio and Rhea Ripley to the ring. Mysterio called Rhodes a bad father for not being at home with his kid. Before Rhodes fired words back, Mysterio went to leave the ring, but quickly ran back and slapped Rhodes in the face. Rhodes then took his frustrations out on the Miz by hitting him uh, with his cast during the segment. So, yeah, we know we're not going to have a feud between Dominic Mysterio and Cody Rhodes. That's not happening. So, kind of a wasted segment, in my opinion. But uh, anyway, sir, uh, your opinion on those three. Well, I mean... First, let me talk about the women's tag match. Um, I was actually kind of impressed by Katana Chance and Caden Carter in this match. I knew they weren't going to go in it and beat 
uh, Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey. Number one, they had a huge size and power disadvantage, obviously. I mean, if you just look at the two teams side by side. Um, but, but you know what? They, they, they put up a good effort. I have to give them credit for, their, for the very first match on Raw. Uh, I, I was fairly impressed, personally. But again, I, I obviously knew that there was not going to be a title change here. Ronda and Shayna were going to continue to assert their dominance. The um, Ricochet-Shinsuke match, it's a shame that it ended the way it did because I like both guys, and this, on paper, is a great match. Um, since it's an episode of Raw, it doesn't upset me too much because there's obviously a story there. Bronson Reed has not yet qualified for the Money in the Bank ladder match, and I feel like some way they're trying to weave him into it. How it's going to happen exactly, I don't know. I'm sure we'll find out over the next couple of weeks. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's obviously the story right there. He's disgruntled. He's upset he's not in the ladder match yet and wants to try to figure out a way how to get into the match. And, you know, the Cody Rhodes segment with Dominic Mysterio. Um, you know, there's two, two ways I look at this. Number one, you look at the guys that Cody Rhodes has wrestled in recent months. Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, the, the baddest of the bad, some of the greatest champions in the history of the company. Uh, it puts Cody Rhodes at a certain level to be in there with those guys. And you've got this little punk, Dominic Mysterio, who couldn't beat it, could not beat his dad at WrestleMania, couldn't get the job done, and now he wants to try to bark up this tree and start up Cody Rhodes. Um you know, this could lead to a one-off match, Kentucky guy, at Money in the Bank, which I would not, if it's just a one-and-done kind of thing, I don't have a problem with that, as long as uh, Cody just kind of brings Dominic back down to earth and makes him realize, hey, Dominic, you're not in my league, so uh, stay in your lane. Dominic Mysterio would have beat Rey Mysterio if that stupid rapper wouldn't have got involved, that bad bunny stupid guy. That match would have went completely different. How dare you? How dare you? Say that he couldn't even beat his dad. He can beat Rey Mysterio any day of the week. As long as you don't have Bad Bunny interfering. Come on. Come on. Next match, we had a Money in the Bank qualifying match. Zoe Stark versus Poro Natalia. <laughs> and uh, Zoe Stark actually defeated Natalia. Surprisingly. Uh, I mean, I don't understand. This girl didn't get any type of push or anything in NXT. And lo and behold... I don't know. <laughs> and then we had Endus uh, Sheer. That is uh, uh, Ginger Mahal's group, his new faction. They had a match. They had a scheduled match uh, with Cedric Alexander and Sean Benjamin. However, the match never happened because they did a total beatdown on the two before the match. I don't know if this is supposed to start some type of rivalry with these two. But once again... We know how Ginger Mahal, Ginger Mahal factions work, and I'm still not impressed. So, anyways, those are the last two matches on the card, sir. Your thoughts? Yeah, Natalia is uh, racking up the losses right now, unfortunately, which you hate to see when you have a respected veteran like Natalia. But obviously, the powers that be see some potential in Zoe Stark, and that's why they're putting her over right now. Whether she continues to ascend and impress people uh, remains to be seen. They paired her up with Trish Stratus, obviously, so she's getting some mentorship there. But um, 
you know, it's it's unfortunate to see Natalia take the loss like this. She's again, she's a veteran and deserves better than that. Uh, you know, Indischer beats down Shelton Benjamin and uh, Cedric Alexander. Um, so they, they try to look strong here. Yeah, I mean that'll last at, mo at most another month or two, and then they'll be completely forgotten about. So I'm not too worried about it, to be perfectly honest. I'm sure uh, Cedric and Shelton will uh, will get some payback eventually. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. But even if they beat them straight up in a tag team match, that still doesn't give them much credibility because Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander haven't been relevant in a year. So. But uh, anyway, it's time to move on to our next segment, and that is wrestling news and rumors around the water cooler. Hit it. Time for today's wrestling headlines in this episode, wrestling news and rumors around the water cooler segment. All right, first headline, Bray Wyatt is expected to return to WWE. There have been many rumors about Bray Wyatt's WWE status ever since he disappeared from WWE shows in February. At one point, it looked like WWE was starting a WrestleMania feud between uh, Wyatt and Bobby Lashley, but all hints in that direction stopped, and Wyatt, along with Uncle Howdy, haven't been seen since then. A new rumor has come up in recent days from a Twitter account that claims that Creative came to terms with Wyatt about a new storyline and that he's agreed to make it work despite not being fully satisfied. That rumor was debunked today, yesterday by the way, by Better Wrestling Experience on Twitter. They called the, late, the latest rumor complete BS and the BWE added that his storyline was scrapped the moment he felt he wasn't in it. He wasn't in it for mania. There is no other story than the one agreed on Postmania. They added that Wyatt is coming back. He's coming back, but not pampered like you hinted. Hmm. So far, those of you who have been wondering about Wyatt's status, it looks like fans will see him on WWE TV soon. Wyatt last appeared on TV at the Royal Rumble where he beat LA Knight in a pitch black match. He went on to wrestle on some live events and dark matches, but hasn't wrestled since February 26th in a live event. Interesting, 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 interesting. Uh, same storyline. There's no way that storyline that he started from the beginning was supposed to end at Mania. There's no way. They would have had to, like, jumble it all together very, very quickly. And that's just not their style when it comes to Bray Wyatt's storyline. So, uh, no new storyline. I'm okay with that if they just jump back in head first. And speed it up a little bit and catch us up on the Uncle Howdy thing. I'm okay with that. But let's, uh, man, let's see Uncle Howdy. Let's see Eric Young. Let's get into this. Let's see what's going on. Everybody's tired of waiting. Your thoughts, sir? All I'm going to say, Kentucky guy, is his extended absence better have been worth it. Because we need, we need a payoff now. We got all these uh, breadcrumbs thrown our way for months. They were building up to his return. He had his match with L.A. Knight at the Royal Rumble. Disappeared a few weeks after due to either an illness or an injury, depending on what story you read. And now he is uh, he is expected, as you said, expected to come 
to come back. So I just hope that whatever they give us, storyline-wise, that it's worth the wait, and I hope that it makes some degree of sense. And it's not just going to be week after week, we drop a few hints, but don't really give you any answers as to who Uncle Howdy is or who this person is. or Like, we just... You don't have to get have a million twists and turns in your stories. Sometimes you just got to do a straightforward narrative. And I, I, I will use I will use the bloodline storyline as a as a as a perfect example. Yes, there's twists and turns in that story, but they make sense in the grand scheme of things. They're not just nonsensical stuff that you're feeding the audience. So that's where we're at there. Yep, and I, I, uh, I tend to agree on that. Okay, uh, next headline. Wrestling legend. The Iron Sheik dies at age 81. WWE Hall of Famer and, 80s, and 1980s professional wrestling icon, the Iron Sheik, passed away Wednesday, today, at the age of 81. His passing was announced on his official Twitter account. Uh, no cause of death was given for the Sheik, whose real name was Hosan Corral, yeah, I can't pronounce that. Anyways, quote from the Twitter account. Today we gather with heavy hearts to bid farewell to a true legend, a force of nature, an icon figure who left an indelible mark on the world of professional wrestling. The lengthy post began. It, it is with great sadness that we share the news of the passing of the Iron Sheik, but we also take solace in knowing that he departed this world peacefully leaving behind a legacy that will endure for generations to come. The Sheik was known for his rivalry, rivalries with Hulk Hogan and Bob Backlund, Sergeant Slaughter, among others. He was a former uh, world heavyweight champion, earning an introduction to the uh, Hall of Fame, WWE Hall of Fame in 2005. Uh, the Iranian-born Iron Sheik often referred to himself as the legend, while his opponents might, might met tag with the jabroni label. The Iron Sheik became a cultural phenomenon, transcending the realm of professional wrestling to become pop culture icon. Twitter post went on. His memorable catchphrases and unforgettable moments are etched into the memories of fans worldwide. He left an incredible mark on the industry, and his influence can still be felt in the world of wrestling this very day. According to the Twitter post, he's survived by his wife and his children, Tanya, Nikki, and Marcia. And our deepest consolations, uh, that family uh, a true a true legend I mean let's just be honest about it if you liked him I mean he's a heel so you're supposed not to like him but if you didn't like him that he did his job and he was really uh, you know he was really a true legend in the sport and uh, in fact I'll never forget his uh, crazy boots the first time I seen him live I like wow that was something else but uh, yeah anyway sir uh, your thoughts on that headline. Yeah, obviously our thoughts and prayers go out to the Iron Sheik's family. Again, truly a legend in the business, one of the best heels of the 1980s. Uh, you know, WWF champion, beat, you know, he beat Bob Backlund for the title before eventually dropping the belt to Hulk Hogan. Feud with a lot of different people. I mean, he, he had famous feuds with Sergeant Slaughter, who can forget those? Even even teamed up with, with him at one point when Sergeant Slaughter was the Iraqi sympathizer. <laughs> in WWF storylines, but, uh, yeah, he's very influential. In my opinion, he's one of, he was one of those heels in the eighties. I mean, you just, 
there, there were very few wrestlers who drew the kind of heat that he did, which if he was able to do that successfully, then you know he was good at his job. Yep, yep, yep. All right, sir, you've got the, I'm going to go ahead and let you do your three headlines and knock those out of the way. Yes, sir. Two WWE stars announced they are getting married. WWE stars Emma and Riddick Moss are getting married. Hold on one second. Hold on one second. Can you call these guys stars and really with a straight face? Come on. (laughs) Well, well, I was just going to say, yeah, yeah, you remember these two, right? They show up every once in a while on SmackDown or Raw. Um, The news was announced this afternoon on social media. Emma posted photos of Moss proposing to her, and she confirmed that she said yes. The couple had been dating before she returned to WWE last year. In recent months, they've been paired on screen together and have been transitioned into a heel duo with Moss dropping the comedy gimmick and the madcap name. Best wishes to them on their engagement and upcoming marriage. Well, yes, it's a very happy occasion, and we certainly wish them the best. Now, I just want to see if WWE utilizes them in a more worthwhile way um i do think that both are talented but um they haven't really been utilized in any sort of effective roles like you said kentucky guy to look at them as stars so i think they kind of have to go back to the drawing board with both of them and revamp their characters a little bit and then maybe then the crowd can get invested in both of them i don't know i i mean I, I I don't even know why we put that as a headline. <laughs> Who cares? Uh, Emma, you know, was a she's a she's a phenomenal athlete. She did a great job in Impact, but hasn't done nothing at all in WWE. And then this Madcap who changed his name, whatever. This guy here, I'm still got a bad taste in my mouth because he won that battle role and wasted our time and Gunther's time fighting for the Intercontinental Title. So. That's all I've got to say on that one. All right. Well, top star open to wrestling CM Punk at AEW NJPW Forbidden Door for the correct amount of money. Fans have started to throw out dream matches for the possible match that CM Punk could have with New Japan Pro Wrestling stars, especially since his AEW return on the June 17th episode of AEW Collision will take place a week before the second installment of the Forbidden Door pay-per-view event. As of this writing, it's still unclear when Punk's in-ring return will happen, but AEW could get a boost in pay-per-view buys by using Punk on the upcoming show. New Japan Pro Wrestling's Kenta, who wrestled in WWE NXT as Hideo Itami, is up for the match as long as he's paid accordingly as his issues with Punk go back several years once the former AEW World Heavyweight Champion started using the go-to-sleep finishing move, which was a move that was popularized by Kenta in Japan. Punk has openly credited Kenta for the idea of the GTS finisher. Well, Kenta has worked for um, AEW in the past, Um, and obviously he's a big star in New Japan Pro Wrestling, member of Bullet Club, um, this would be probably a good match. My only issue with it is that could Punk actually get through a match without suffering an injury? Because we all know what's happened in his last couple of matches. So, I- I'm always a little nervous whenever he steps in the ring these days, Kentucky guy. But, um, yeah, a, a match with Kenta could be a potential good one. 
let him get hurt. Let him, let him, let him go. Let him go back out. Uh, we've survived this long without CM Punk. Uh, let's just keep it up. But uh, the go to sleep. I mean, there's really no reason to have a rivalry over him over that move. That move has been around. I mean, Sammy Guevara uses that move. There's a lot of wrestlers that use that move. That's like that's kind of like Seth Rollins getting mad at everybody that uses a stomp. You know, what's he going to do? Come on, AEW and take out uh, Doctor Britt Baker? I mean, <laughs> silly, silly, silly. Um, but as far as that match, uh, I know that CM Punk is. They're going to put CM Punk over, so I'm not really interested in watching it. But that's just my thoughts. That's it for me on that one. Uh, so Jim Ross was uh, recently quoted as saying, Randy Savage cornered me one day and I almost wanted to fight in 1993. On the latest Grilling JR podcast, WWE Hall of Famer Jim Ross talked about the WWE King of the Ring 1993. This was Ross's second pay-per-view with the company and Hulk Hogan's final TV match with WWE until his return in 2002. Ross talked about booking talent for the in-studio promos they had to do in Stamford to promote different house shows in 1993. He described, he described Macho Man as, as a great pain in the you-know-what, a magnificent pain in the you-know-what. Randy Savage cornered me one day and almost wanted to fight because he thought I was taking advantage of his time when it was orders from headquarters that we wanted to use Savage. That's Vince's deal, but he didn't tell Randy, so Randy found out he was doing some promos for markets that didn't even have live events, but I was under the orders of the chairman. Savage had a screw loose anyway. Very talented, very, very talented, very unique, but he was very, I won't say weak, he was insecure as hell. Working with Savage was not easy, according to JR. It really wasn't. Again, he's paranoid all the time. He didn't trust anybody. Why did you say that? Why did you, what did you say? What did you mean by that? Shut up. Pro wrestling, hell, I don't know what I, what I meant. Do you know what you meant? That was not fun. Um, I mean, I have heard numerous stories over the years about Randy Savage not being all there, if you will. But you cannot deny that the man was an amazing promo, amazing in-ring talent, amazing personality. Sometimes you just got to put up with uh, people who are, dare I say, larger than life prima donnas. I mean, there have been a lot of them in the history of the business. Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, the Ultimate Warrior. The list goes on and on. Um, and you know, the Macho Man is probably just joking around. Oh, yeah. Hey, you know, back during that time, uh, good old JR was Vince Mann's uh, right-hand man. This was before the first 93. was before he got fired the first time. So he was like... Uh, Number two, like for real, backstage. So I could understand why the Macho Man would take it out on him. Even though he says it was Vince's call. I mean, uh, you know, crap floats downhill or hill any kind of company that you work for in that kind of setting. So, yeah. Okay, so let's see here. I got the next headline. Uh, uh, yeah, the truth comes out. CM Punk has not helped boost tickets. For AEW Collision outside of Chicago. AEW has started to announce things regarding AEW Collision. That premieres on June 17th in Chicago, Illinois. At the United Center. With the return of CM Punk. Several dates for the show has been confirmed. Uh, let's see. While speaking on Wrestling Observer Radio. 
Dave Meltzer noted that Punk has helped ticket sales for the Chicago show, but the rest of the collision shows are still struggling to sell tickets. Quote from Meltzer, so a bunch of on-sale dates for this week, so that'll be interesting. You know they are not happy. Brian Alvarez, quote, these collision numbers outside the United, uh, are these collision numbers outside of the United Center? Uh, Metzer, oh, they're bad. Alvarez, not good. Metzer, and Punk has been moving tickets in Chicago, but not in the other places. Not in Toronto, which is not a good sign because Toronto is one of the greatest markets in North America. They sold out Forbidden Door in a snap of fingers, and then for the collision show, they're still under 2,000 tickets in the Scotty Bay Arena, and you know, and you know Regina. I was told ahead of time that you know Regina in uh, Saskatoon, which is Saskatoon's actually dynamite, and they're going to be very, very tough because in the summer, people in Saskatchewan, because they don't get good weather very much. When they do get good weather, they, they head out of town and go to the lake and things like that, and it's basically difficult. They've really picked a bad time to go to Saskatchewan, and also, you know, aside from Toronto and Winnipeg, they haven't really, some of their Canadian stuff, they're not as hot in Winnipeg, obviously, because they have Jericho and Kenny Omega from Winnipeg and Edmonton uh, will do very well. You know, I mean, it's not though, not through the roof or anything. It's about 5,000 tickets sold, but they'll sell more late. I think Edmonton will do very will do well. Calgary, I've had some people in Calgary tell me, that the ones a little bit struggling for the Saturday night, but I think, you know, with the Owen Hart tournament, I think they should do okay, but Hamilton and Hamilton and Regina are going to be very, very tough. There are like 700 tickets for the collision in Hamilton, and I think also part of it is that, you know, in Canada, they only get dynamite on television. They don't get rampage, and there's no announcements of collision, and there's been no announcements of collision for the UK either. People keep asking me, still we haven't anything on that for the UK. So not a very good job. I mean, so once again, this this shows, this is Tony Khan kind of showing his uh, skirt a little bit, thinking that he can depend on one wrestler bringing them back, and that's CM Punk, and all things are going to be glory. And I've said it from the beginning, watch what you wish for, Watch what you wish. 700 tickets in a big place uh, like Hamilton in Canada. Wow. That, that's that's got to be disgusting <laughs> to these guys that normally sell tickets there. So, anyways, your thoughts, sir. It's funny because as you were telling the story, Kentucky guy, uh, and you mentioned the Winnipeg market, which is where Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega are from. I thought back to that uh, viral video uh, that went from years ago when Jericho was wrestling and a fan yells at him, go back to Toronto, and he yells back, I'm from Winnipeg, you idiot. <laughs> oh, man, that, that was a funny clip. But that just goes to show you right there um, how little the fan base, at least outside of Chicago, really cares about CM Punk. Um, Tony Khan was putting was banking on this guy coming back, and, oh, man, we're going to move the needle. We're going we're gonna to have all these huge sellout crowds and everything, and no. It's, it's not happening right now. At least we're not getting any indication of it. And the other thing that really stood, stuck out, stood out for me, Kentucky guys, um, this whole 
launch of Collision, from what from what it sounds like, it sounds like a promotional disaster right now because there are certain markets that are not even going to be able to watch Collision just yet. And, you know, you've got to reach the biggest audience you possibly can. And if, and if by just utilizing, uh, building the show around this one talent, who's been missing for months, mind you, is not going to help improve ticket sales, then it's almost like it's a, the launch of this third show is a failure from the very beginning. Yeah, I mean, I have to agree. Uh, let's see, next headline. Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay 2 confirmed for AEW New Japan Pro Wrestling Forbidden Door. Fans now know who AEW's Kenny Omega will be wrestling at the upcoming uh, AEW versus New Japan Pro Wrestling Forbidden Door 2 pay-per-view event. And it will be a rematch from Wrestle Kingdom back in January, which was a fantastic match if you guys have not watched that yet. At Sunday's New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, Dominion, which was great. I know we don't talk a whole lot about their pay-per-views, but highly, highly recommend. Will Offspring defeated Lance Archer in the finals of the IWGP US title number one contenders tournament to earn a shot at Omega's title at the upcoming event on June 25th. Oh, I didn't realize Forbidden Door was that close. Okay. Uh, the bout ended with Osprey when Osprey hit Archer with a hidden blade. Post match, Osprey called out Omega by noting that he was going to walk to Canada to get back the title that he lost. Uh, to Omega in Wrestle Kingdom. To get to this point, Osprey beat Hiroshima Tanahashi at New Japan Pro Wrestling Resurgence in the semifinals and has also publicly talked about wanting to wrestle at AEW All In at Wembley Stadium in August. So, very interesting. I can't wait to watch this match. If you guys haven't seen that uh, Lance Archer and uh, Will Offspring match, go watch it. From this past weekend is great. Yes, you know the ending, but I promise you, it will still keep you in suspense. It was great. It was a powerhouse versus a kind of an American lucha libre or UK lucha libre wrestler. It was great. I really enjoyed it a lot. Uh, yeah, your thoughts on that headline? Actually, that's the last headline I have. Go ahead. Well, first of all, thank you AEW for answering. The, the fans request number one to see a rematch between Will Osprey and Kenny Omega at Forbidden Door. But you want to talk about a quantum leap for Will Osprey. Just think about this Kentucky guy. Last year at Forbidden Door, Will Osprey wrestled Orange Cassidy. <laughs> Just think about that. Think about for that. Do, do those two guys even belong in the same sentence? No, they don't at all. Um, so I'm glad that we're going to get Kenny Omega, Will Osprey too. I'm sure it's going to be great. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. So a good play by them. And if they can also book Will Osprey for all in, that would be huge. Yeah, I think, uh, I think they need to, I think they need to, uh, yeah, that's all I have for this episode, sir. What say you? Uh, the only other thing I wanted to talk about, Kentucky guy, is uh, it looks like we also have gotten confirmation that we are going to see Okada versus Danielson at Forbidden Door as well. What are your thoughts on that? Cannot wait to see that. Cannot wait to see Okada hit the ringmaker 
the Rainmaker uh, on him. I just, let's do it. I'm all in, man. I'm all for it. I've been an Okada fan for many, many years. And he's still a young wrestler, but he's been wrestling a very, very long time. And uh, he's just, he's phenomenal. I enjoy every match. I even enjoy the matches that he lost. Him and Kenny Omega have had probably some of the greatest classics that rank, in my mind, they rank right up there with the Ricky Steamboat and Ric Flair matches way back when. So, yeah, I'm all about it. What else you got for us? That's a good one. Yes, yes, same here. I'm excited. And I guess, you know, with Forbidden Door coming up, it kind of makes me wonder, is AEW going to book their world champion on the show? Is MJF going to wrestle? I'm sure. I'm sure they will. They, the uh, the champion defended the title against, uh, which was John Moxley last year, defended the title against somebody from New Japan Wrestling. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah you, can't ha- you can't have a major pay-per-view against another promotion and not have your world champion take them, take part in it. No, that doesn't make any sense at all. So, yeah, MJF will be there. I don't know who he'll wrestle, but it could get interesting. <laughs> all right. Well, that's that's all I have for this week, uh, Kentucky guy. All right. All right, folks. So you've been listening to Against the Match Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> With your hostess, Donnie Cage and the Kentucky Guy. As always, folks, God bless and God bless America. Thank you all so much for listening. We appreciate it.